We got initial rumors yesterday that the Philadelphia 76ers could be interested in trading for DeMar DeRozan. Those rumors were quickly shot down, but we'll talk a little bit about that situation. We're also going to talk about Casey Johnson reporting that the Bulls could have to add an asset if they want to move Zach Levine by this trade deadline and preview tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Terry Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get out this content for the day. And so, with that said, DeMar DeRozan, there were some initial rumors yesterday that the Philadelphia 76ers could be willing to trade a first-round pick to add DeMar DeRozan to their team. Now, the problem with that is those rumors were quickly shot down after a team uh, uh, exec got in touch with the person who initially uh, uh, talked about the rumor. And so, this is one of the more interesting things. I don't know if I've ever seen a rumor be shot down so quick. It was really 35 minutes. After the initial rumor came out where uh, where uh, the guy had to uh, basically back up or, or, or come back with this saying, say, well, this actually somebody told me this that wasn't authorized from the team. The team actually got in touch with me. They said, hey, we're not looking to trade for Zach, for DeMar DeRozan right now. It's it's it, again, you don't you don't necessarily hear a lot of I uh, see a lot of that that happens that quick. What that tells me is that uh, the initial rumor came from from Clutch Sports. It came from Brett Siegel from Clutch Sports, who initially put out the, the the initial article and then had to follow that up with saying that somebody from the team actually did get in touch with them and basically said that right now DeMar DeRozan is not on their radar. But I want to talk about it for a couple of reasons, right? We know that posturing in trades are a very important part of, of the whole thing, right? And with a team exec reaching out to Brett that quickly after uh, kind of tells me that maybe Brett may be on to something. His source may have been on to some of the communication that were happening, and maybe the Philadelphia 76ers did not want that to get out in the in the manner in which it did because it could have actively hurt their negotiations with the Chicago Bulls. Now, I'm not saying that that's likely. That's not something that I'm reporting on, but I do want to say that there is a potential for that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that that's for sure going to happen. I'm not even saying the Bulls are going to trade DeMar DeRozan, but I do think with the with the quickness in which the team came out to reach out to a writer from Clutch Points. It's not like this was a writer from ESPN. It's not like this was from one of the major outlets like Sports Illustrated or something like that. This was Clutch Points, who I don't want to knock them. They they are a big outlet at this point in time, but they don't have that same kind of cachet in their name that some of the other places do. So the fact that a member from the team actually reached out to the writer here to basically say, hey, you reported this. This isn't actually what's happening. We're actually not even really considering on trading for DeMar DeRozan right now. I don't know. It just seems a little bit weird to me, right? And this is the fan part of me. This is not Hayes reporting on anything or, or something like that. This is just me sitting back and kind of looking and reviewing at how this whole thing went down, kind of saying like, ah, maybe there may be a little bit of, 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 you know, maybe some smoke here, but I think with the injury to Joel Embiid, maybe that kind of clogged everything up. When you hear that the terminology that the, the Sixers aren't looking to to actively trade for DeMar DeRozan right now, that could be because of the situation that happened with Joel Embiid. It's a bad break for Embiid, um, and I think that that may play a part into that as well. Again, that's me kind of speculating and just kind of thinking through my thoughts here uh, 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 publicly, right? 
But, uh, you know, so it, it's something to watch out for. And, you know, with the, the way that Maxi has risen up, he dropped a 50-piece the other day. Um, maybe it looks for something. You never know. You never know. So uh, we end up seeing what happens, man. You know, with Joel B going down, tearing his meniscus, there's a possibility that they don't look to really do anything right now. Maybe just push everything to the offseason to decide, you know, how Joel Embiid recovers, what that what that time period looks like, how does he look upon his return. Um, so, you know, we'll end up seeing. It depends on what Joel Embiid decides to do with that torn meniscus. They're still, you know, looking at things um, because it could be that they have the meniscus removed, could be partial where they scope out some of it and try to reattach it. There's a lot of different routes that they can go, but some all those routes really kind of end with him possibly coming back this season. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I don't know if they do anything by the deadline, but I tell you what, you guys want to car on DeMar DeRozan if a first-round pick is what's available. It, it's probably the most that the Bulls are going to get offered, but we'll see if that if that actually is a real offer. Have some doubts around it with just how, like I said, how everything went down. But, you know, wanted to talk about that a little bit since it did. I, I, I literally was about to record the breaking news episode when then I saw the the the, the follow-up coming. I was like, ah, it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. I'll let, you, I'll let the other, the other uh, channels eat off that for a minute. But, all right, with that said, uh, Casey Johnson came out yesterday and said that the Bulls may need another asset to move the contract of Zach Levine. Now, this is an interesting prospect because this would tell us how much the front office looks at how how serious, uh, how much they need to move off of Zach Levine by this trade deadline. Because I tell you what, to me, if you have to include a first round pick or really any other asset, unless it's a player like Javon Carter or Terry Taylor or something like that, if you have to. Here's what I'll say. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working through my thoughts again. I, I'll, let me finish this thought. I'll get back to that. So if you have to include a pick to move on from Zach Levine, then no, you just keep Zach Levine. In my opinion, if that if that's truly where the Bulls have to include another asset in the in the form of one of our first round picks to move on from Zach, it's not worth it at that point in time. I think you allow Zach to to man up. He deals. He's going to deal with his his uh, discontent with the team and the coach, and he's going to have to play better to up that trade value if you truly want to get out of here. Now, uh, you know. Now, if that asset is somebody like an Andre Drummond, who other teams may be interested in, if that other asset is maybe even an Alex Caruso, but then you're getting some first back in that case for Zach and Alex, eh, I still don't know if the Bulls do that because, again, we know how highly they value Alex Caruso. Um, maybe if it's a young piece like a Dalen Terry who, you know, Bulls fans aren't that high on, maybe if it's something like that, but if it gets down to the Bulls or the team that have to include the first-round pick, then no, you don't move Zach Levine. Again, like I've said for the last few weeks now, the Bulls aren't in a position where they have to move Zach just to move Zach. And so it, it'd be different if he was like one of the players that that was being like actively toxic for the team or something. But I just I just don't see the Bulls giving up any more first round picks when they gave up so many to build the score. And they may be looking to recoup some of that or at least hold on to their own picks in the future to have first round draft picks coming into the team. So, you know, I, it, it, Casey Johnson's been on top of the Zach Levine uh, reporting, been on top of the news for a while. And, and I respect him for you guys know I really hold not not to say that Casey Johnson knows it all right or that he's 100 percent everything that he says take takes his law what the Bulls are going to do. But I do think for somebody who travels with the team, who's invested in the team, who's literally their, their full time job is to do nothing but cover and travel with the Chicago Bulls. I do think that, you know, when he's when he says something, it should be taken with a little bit more weight to some of these national media outlets that really don't follow the Bulls per se. They're following the story. I think that's very different. Casey Johnson and others follow the Bulls. Some other outlets, they follow the story. And I think that that, that, that is a really big a delineation between the two and, and how you should take news coming out from either one of those spots. But you guys can let me know what you guys think. Now, we do have a game tonight against the Sacramento Kings. And I want to talk a little bit about this game. Um, this is an important game for the Bulls in the sense that 
if the Bulls can compete with the Sacramento Kings and pull out a win, regardless of how tough it is, then it, it kind of adds a little bit more legitimacy to what they're trying to do in, in making a playoff run or anything like that. Now, the Kings are a monster. They're the ninth-ranked offense in the league, averaging 118.4 points per game. They also are 13th best in the league at three-point percentage, shooting 37% as a team, and they're third in three-point attempts. They average 43-point attempts per game, and they're the 13th best rebounding team in the NBA. What does that mean? The Bulls' defense is going to have to be legit, period. They have to come in with a defensive game plan, and they have to be prepared because I tell you what, the, 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 the way that the Sacramento Kings balance out their scoring and things like that, keep in mind, they, were, they had one of the, the, one of the best uh, offensive efficiency numbers last season in NBA history. Now, they haven't quite been that this season, right? So it's been, a, it's been a step down, but they're still such a potent offense that you do not want to overlook the Sacramento Kings and what they're able to do offensively. You got to key in. Are you going to be able to stop De'Aaron Fox? No, but we need to at least slow him down. The battle between Fox and Kobe White could be a fun one to watch. De'Aaron Fox averaging 27 points per game. You also have Demonis Sabonis averaging 20 points per game. They're their only 20-point-per-game scorers, but Demonis Sabonis is also leading the team in rebounds at 13 per game and assists at 8 per game as the big man. He is leading the team in assists. He is a very focal point of this offense as well, and you have to be prepared for him. And I tell you what, it's going to be a long night for Nikola Vucevic in trying to guard Demonis Sabonis. Then you still got Keegan Murray averaging 16 points per game, Malik Monk averaging 14, and Harrison Barnes averaging 12. Kevin Herter's also got his averages up to 11, playing much better lately. He was averaging like eight points over the large part of the season. He's up as well. This is not a team you can take lightly by any stretch of the imagination. The Bulls have to be prepared for an offensive onslaught coming from the Sacramento Kings, and they're going to go on runs. Now, the biggest question is, is that while they, when they do go on a run, can the Bulls actually still score to keep that spacing from becoming, that distance in the score from becoming too large or even match them? Going to be important tonight for the Chicago Bulls on the defensive side of the ball and rebounding-wise. So if the Bulls can do that, that's going to be a big thing in, in them getting to a place of being able to compete with this team. And then when you look at the Kings defensively, they're the 20th-ranked defense in the league. And while they are one of the best rebounding teams in the league, they, but they, they allow their opponents to have the 11th best rebounding rate when they play against them. So this is a team that you can find success on the boards, specifically the offensive boards you can, because they, 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 they allow their opponents to really get a lot of offensive boards, which will lead to second-chance shots. So Drum, Io, Kobe, who all really do pretty solidly on offensive rebounds, are going to be important in this game for us to get those second-chance opportunities and play efficient offense. We have to do that. There's there's a there's a there's ways that you can beat the Sacramento Kings team, right? And the and some of the weaknesses of the Kings play into some of the strengths of the Bulls, but they have to be locked in for a full 48 minutes. And if they're not, they're gonna get their asses kicked. Just period, point blank. They will get their asses kicked if they come in here lacking defensively against the Sacramento Kings. You gotta be prepared for what the Kings are gonna bring and try to do to you. And if the Bulls are and Billy Donovan and them have this team ready, we'll see if the Bulls can get out of a victory against the Sacramento Kings. But let me know what you guys think on all that, as always, down below if you're on the YouTube side. All right, with that said, let's go ahead and get into these voicemails for today. This first voicemail, this one's from Todd. Hey, what's up, man? It's Todd again. Um, I was just listening to your, your post about um, Kobe White sharing his advice from Phil Jackson. This, this call is related to, to that, but also related to a previous voicemail that I left about the Bulls having a competitive advantage in their system by the fact that we have great in our alumni. 
Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman, um, Joaquin Noah, and Derrick Rose whenever he retires, people like that. Now, you would respond to that voicemail saying, like, you know, obviously they don't travel with the team because I was speaking about more mentorship in that regard. But I guess the words that I want to use here is, like, you know, maybe not a mentor in, like, a Luau Bang for Pat Will because he's obviously not going to travel and things like that. But just those nuggets like you gave, like you just illustrated with Phil Jackson to Kobe White. Like, the fact that Phil coached both Kobe Bryant and Jordan and can take what he saw as one of the greatest coaches ever with whatever, 11 chips or whatever he's got, and convey some of that to Kobe is immeasurable, bro. That shit is is is, is something that 90% of the teams don't have access to in this league. We do. And we only have that. I mean, we can have that from not only Phil, but other players. If it's just encouragement, a one-time conversation, I don't even know if that's possible or not, but that's what I'm saying is a competitive advantage because, as you know, and we all know as both fans, the problem with this team is between the years. We got a lot of psychological issues that we need to address, and I think encouragement is a big deal for our young core. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, like, is it possible to basically take what Phil just did, coming back, talking to the team, having a couple laughs, giving a little bit of advice? Is there a way to institute that in our team to get some of the older players that are now retired, that are great, that are Hall of Fame worthy, a caliber already in the Hall of Fame, to, to impart some of their wisdom on these young cats and get their heads right, give that Chicago spirit in them, and, and, and then see if that results on the court. All right? Later. Great voicemail from Todd here. And while having Phil Jackson in there, to give those words of, of encouragement and advice to Kobe and the, and the entire Chicago Bulls team because it was kind of had in this, like, it looked like a dining room they were having it in. Let's keep in mind, Phil was only here because of the Ring of Honor. That's when that happened. It was over the Ring of Honor when Phil gave those words to Kobe White over that weekend or whatever. And I, I, I get what you're saying. And like I said in your initial voicemail, I would love if we had this like mentorship program. And, and But every team has legends. The fact of the matter is you're not going to get a lot of that. If it wasn't for the Ring of Honor, Phil wouldn't have been here. Phil wouldn't have been there to give that uh, that that uh, those words to Kobe. And because I think the Ring of Honor is what is every every other year, right? Every two years, something like that. Yeah, maybe you can get it then. But teams could drastically change at that point in time. So I just I, like I said in, in your initial voicemail, it sounds great and it would be great if it was realistic to happen, but it's just not realistic. Like, you're going to get mentorship. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, am I saying that maybe you have a direct line to pick up a phone? It's definitely not to, to Pip. It's definitely not to Michael. So you can go ahead and write, wipe that one away. But I just, it like I said, it sounds great as like a, from a fan perspective because of the history of this franchise, but you're not going to get a whole hell of a lot of that. And even then, those words of encouragement are a lot. And I kind of disagree with you that the only thing is they need to unlock between. No, we, we have some absolute issues with execution and things. Um, but yeah, I would love to be able to say it, but I just, I have my own personal doubts on how legitimate that could actually be a part of like what Bulls culture is, is going back to our legends. It's just uh, uh, the nostalgia piece. I, I, it, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like I said, I love the idea. I just don't know in re reality if it's something that can consistently happen if it wasn't for like a ring of honor or things like that. But Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Bulls can pull it together or maybe they have a legend come in once a season to have a luncheon. Or, or, or dinner with, with the team and kind of talk to them. Hopefully. We'll see. All right, let's get into this next part. This uh, next voicemail, this one's from Oscar. Hey, hey, it's Oscar from Jersey, man. Long time. But um, I want to start off by giving Kobe his flowers. I was, you know, I was one that was very optimistic. Uh, you know, I wasn't really convinced on him 
and and you know re-signing him. But kid's proven wrong. He's fucking balling. He's doing his thing out there right now. Um, Pat, I, I don't know. He's injured, but I, I really don't know what to do in terms of how to feel with him because he just like he I don't know. He he has his games where he looks good, and then he has his days where he just he looks lost out there. Like against the Lakers, he looked really bad, man, guarding LeBron. And 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 I remember his rookie season. He was going at LeBron, KD, all these guys, and, and was holding his own, man. And and he's, like, going backwards in terms of his what was supposed to be his, like, his main thing, his defense. But, yeah, man, just hoping he could actually, you know, find a way like Kobe did. And uh, But I want to know from you, what do you think? Do you think the Bulls are okay standing pat the way they're at and just trying to plug in, like, like, like the pack, or are they just better off blowing it up, man? Because I, I, with this core... I don't see us going much further than where we're at now. Have a good one, man. First of all, thank you, Oscar. I haven't heard from you in a while. I don't know if we've heard from you since the offseason. Thank you for calling in, bro. Uh, but it's good to acknowledge Kobe's growth, right? And I had to do that myself. Like, I had my doubts on and if Kobe was even going to be the starting point guard. Not to say that I ever thought that Kobe wasn't going to have a big impact on this team. I just thought, you know, with the scoring ability and things like that, he could have been really big coming off the bench for the Bulls. But Kobe has hit that ceiling. I'm not hit the ceiling. Hopefully not. But he's, he's really just hit the, hit the season and hit the ground running and just has, has really taken a, a leap up, and it's just great to see. Now, as far as not knowing how to feel about P. Will, and you bring up that Lakers game, I think, I hope so. And my hope is that part of the reason why P. Will looked like that was the foot injury, because keep in mind, that had been a nagging thing, and now they found out it was a, it was a much more serious injury. So maybe that's a thing with that, right, of, of why Pat was kind of playing off. I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to throw him that bell unless he comes back and he and. Upon being 100% healthy, if he goes back to looking great, then it'd be like, okay, it was probably the foot. I do acknowledge that that could be potential in there, but we've seen so much of passive P over his career that I feel a little bit, I don't feel as safe with giving him that bail quite yet until he comes back and if he plays well coming back. And then as far as okay with the bull standing pat, I don't know if okay is the word or if it's just the fact that I just, it's just me coming to terms with reality. Like, it's not surprising to me at all with this Bulls team standing pat at the trade deadline, if that's what they decide to do. It's just not a surprise for me anymore because that's what this front office has showed us now for three years. And I'm somebody who I, when people show you who you are, you believe them. Do I hold out hope that they'll find something to improve the team? Yeah, I do. And that's regardless of what it comes by. I hope that they improve this team and the product that we have on the court. Regardless, I'm always going to hope that for my team, but I just don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, it is what it is when it comes down to it. That's kind of my view on it. But guys, you can let me know what you think down below. All right, let's get into this third voicemail for today. This one's from Reginald. Hey, hey, this is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, after watching the always wait a few hours or almost a whole day before I call uh, after a Bulls game, whether they win or lose, and looking at that Raptors game, I was just disappointed. I was disappointed in a lot of things, really, because you have obvious mismatches with. Vooch and Drummond going against their biggest guy who was that young, who hardly ever plays. And yet he went for a one half, you know, only having like two points, five assists and a couple of rebounds to finish the game with 15 points, six rebounds, six assists. And most of that was in the paint. And then I try to run and look at guys like Drummond and Vooch who should have combined for like 40 and 25, and it, it was so disappointing. And I'm watching the Bulls take long twos and threes when the Raptors had no shot blockers, no uh, big man to even alter the shot. They were just jacking up shots to jack up shots. There was, you know, they weren't coordinated in the second half. 
it was just hard to watch. But uh, while I do blame a lot of that on the players, I can't, you know, I can't take away that as long as Billy Donovan is the head coach of this team, it really doesn't matter who they get at the trade deadline. I just he's not going to bring out their full potential, and he's he's just going to struggle against average coaches. Average coaches with a team with a hungry young team are always going to outwork whatever team Billy Donovan has. And this is a guy who had guys like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and other stars in their primes and couldn't, couldn't get them over the hump. And the fact is, I, it, it's just going to be a hard couple of years that he's not going anywhere for like another two, three years. Uh, what's your take on that? Disappointment in the Raptors game and Billy Donovan's coaching. Here's what I'll say. you, if, Reginald, you followed me for a while. And anybody who's followed the channel for a while, you know, I was on the fire Billy Billy Donovan bandwagon about the the, the second year after Demar coming here. It, it just it is what it is. Like Billy Donovan isn't a terrible head coach. He's not a great head coach. He's a good head coach. And if you have certain situations, he's going to get more out of that. And I think um you know he, he this roster has had deficiencies. He hasn't always played the best rotations. He doesn't always adjust well. But he is a coach that if you look over his career. His teams are usually in the top 10 of defense. So he can coach the hell out of defense. Like, you can't knock that. Offensively, it leaves something to be desired at times. And so, you know, when it comes down to it, yes, Billy's coaching definitely plays a part, but the players can't be absolved from that either. Like I said, I'm not somebody who's going to blame it all on any one facet of the team. The players have their part in it where they're falling short. Billy Donovan absolutely has his parts. He's falling short as a coach. And the front office is falling short at the product that they put on the court, the roster that they build. All three of those things can all be true at the same time. And at some point, and they're, oh, they're usually true on every, on every roster, right? I know that we are so zoomed in because we are Bulls fans. That, But what Billy Donovan does as far as not being a coach that can get teams over the hump, that's most coaches. If, if every NBA coach could get their team over the hump, we'd see a lot more different teams win the NBA championship. When you look at it, it like it's, it's LeBron and the Warriors for the most part over the last decade plus of winning championships up here until recently. So, like, that plays a part into it also with, with with all of it. So, you know, when it comes down to it, man, like Billy Donovan, no, he's not the perfect coach. And I don't even know if he's the right coach for this team in this roster. But, uh, yeah, there's disappointment to be spread all around. Everybody has their their impact on where why the Bulls are where we currently are as a franchise. This is. And, yeah, like you said, it's going to be rough seeing it because, yeah, Billy's going to be here for another two to three years. It's, it is what it is. Uh. But let's go ahead and get into this next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, Hayes, what's up, man? This is Shay. Look, man, I was thinking about the New York Knicks, and they've been on my mind here because they really need some points, need a little bit more shooting, and they need a little bit of guard depth. So I was thinking, since they don't use these two players in Emmanuel and, I mean, in Quentin Grimes and Jericho Sims, I will say we send them over Javon Carter because, let's face it, they already have enough big men, and they already – have enough shooting guards. They really need a one guard. And I feel like, you know, they might. And then, too, they looking to move on from Grimes and Sims. And plus, I feel like Sims and Grimes could go along good, could go along good with this new core. And on top of that, I think I hear the, uh, I hear the New York Knicks are looking to trade him for a little to nothing. And then those two guys, they could definitely help us out with a lot of guard depth, especially I brought up early. Since Alex Caruso, we don't know the future of Alex Caruso on the boards after next season. And Jericho Sams could be a very, very good backup for Nikola Vucevic if Adama Sinago doesn't start paying out or if Andre Drummond chooses to move on after this season. And all of them are still young. I think Jericho Sams is younger than Kobe White. And I feel like 
they both could help us out in the future, in the long run. And then we get rid of Javon Carter. He could be the New York Knicks problem. Anyway, man, tell me what you think. Please. All right. Listen, Shay, I'm just going to – I hate to cut your voicemail short. I, well, I played the whole voicemail. I don't have a whole hell of a lot to say on it because, listen, nobody's taking Javon Carter. I don't care if it's a salary dump. Do you see the way that Javon Carter's played? Nobody's taking Javon, especially for a young piece. I know that the Knicks are looking to move on from those players that you mentioned. Hell, I was just on Locked On Knicks, in which I talked about the talk to the host there, and he he basically echoed your sentiments of them trying to move off Quentin Grimes and Jericho Sims. But nobody's taking Javon Carter's contract, bro. Nobody. That is an albatross right now. Nobody's taking Javon, and that's, it'd be different if it was a one year expiring. He has two years left on the deal that I think. At least one of those years are guaranteed. It's it's it, listen, ain't nobody taking Javon Carter's contract, bro. Nobody's taking that. We'd probably have to include picks in that case, maybe seconds, but we'd have to include picks, and I'm good on that. So while those players are young and they do have their own promise individually, I just don't think you're gonna get either one of those guys for Javon Carter. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe AK and Eversley pull something out and get something back for Javon Carter, which would be crazy. All right, let's get into this last voicemail. This one's from Corn. Hey, it was good, Terry, man. It's Corn. Um Let's talk about something that uh, was just is just not getting brought up, um, and let's just get right into it. You know, I'm not even going to the coach. If we can get a first round pick for Demar Derozan, that, that's what I'm hearing. What teams are willing to offer for Demar Derozan? We should have done that shit last week. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, now I'm getting nervous. Because, like I said, I always have faith in acne, and, and I've always been on Team Acne. I've always been had trust with them because I know what kind of men they are and how they built Denver and how they did that and, and bringing that cliche over here. I understand that. So I've always been on their side. Even sometimes when they make the wrong decisions, you know, I, I, I still, you know, trying to see the, the light of the end of the tunnel of their decisions, even though sometimes it's like, ugh. You know what I mean? Um, so if we could trade Demar, we got to get that done. Um, I love Demar, and, that, and, and 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 for the people saying, "Oh, it's gonna be a, a, a late first rounder," I don't give a fuck if this is the last pick, bro. Like, let's, let's, if this is the last pick of the first round, I don't care. Like I said, I love Debo. I love Debo. I love what he do. I love what he brought to this team. To me, he is a future Hall of Famer. To me, he's a future Hall of Famer. Completely understand. But it's time to move on. Like I said, if it was if it's up to me, if this is up to me, you know, I already left the other message of the other two players that I would trade, that I would just trade out. It will be four players, four vets after this trade deadline that will be traded, that will be gone. So let's let's make this happen. Let's get this team retooled the best way. Let's give these young players the trust and and, and telling them it's your team now, you know. Um, and if if anybody, you know. Feeling a certain way because, like I said, you know I want to trade. Well, Zach is going to be traded regardless. Demar, but you know the controversial one is what people go feel is AC and Drummond too. Well, where the veteran leadership go come from? Tory Craig and Vooch. But if we could flip all these players for picks and bring in other veteran players or bring in other young players, let's make this happen. So if we can get Debo out the way for a first round pick. Let's get that shit done now. All right, hey, have a blessed day, King. Peace. All right, so I talked about this at the top of the show, I, and I understand where you're coming from. If you get a first-round pick, you don't care if it's the last pick in the draft. If you get that for DeMar, you lock in that value. I understand where you're coming from there. But like I said, it, that, those rumors are kind of debunked. But to talk largely about what DeMar's value would be out in the open market, I just 
I don't know. Like, I have my times where I think because it would be a championship-caliber team that would be interesting to DeMar that maybe they would be willing to throw in the first because they're probably looking at it as it's probably going to be 25 to 30, right? That's probably where that pick's going to fit. That can still help. If the Bulls, this is a weaker draft as well. So if, they're, if it's in the 2024 draft, this may be a place where one of those teams look at it and say, hey, listen, this, this is oh, slated to be a weaker draft. We, we're willing to give that up for DeMar. I just... I have my doubts on if that's the value that you have for him around the league and if the Bulls even really want to move on from him. Or like I said before, if they're willing to wait it out and maybe get a signing trade done in the offseason. But great voicemail. I completely understand your point. Corn Corn's passionate as always. Um, and we'll see where it ends up going, man. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com and then lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related thanks to you guys and like i liked in every episode on go bulls love you guys see right if you can y'all peace this has been a presentation of the break break media, media.